The views and opinions expressed on Unlock Your Wealth Radio are those of the host, guests, and callers only and are not necessarily the views of Unlock Your Wealth Radio, Heather Wagonalls, or Success Publishing International. Worried about retirement? Want to travel the world or just be around to watch your kids grow up but you can't because you're drowning in debt? Now you can! With Heather Wagonhalls and the Keys to Riches powered by Unlock Your Wealth Radio. Heather will show you how to stop chasing your wallet, eliminate debt, lose financial stress, and live the life of your dreams. If you truly ever wanted to have more, do more, be a give back more, now's your chance. Listen weekly to hear what others are doing to manage their money better with these proven strategies for building wealth with the Keys to Riches financial philosophy. Now, here's your host, Heather Wagonhalls. The Keys to Riches, powered by Unlock Your Wealth Radio, is sponsored in part by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at heathersfreeaudiobook.com and click on the link to over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for stopping by. We're so glad to have you. I'm Heather Wagonhalls, flanked by my producer extraordinaire and the maestro of moolah, Michael Terry. Hey, folks. And we will help you get your money mind right on today's show with the Keys to Riches financial philosophy. So we are now in our seventh key this season. Number seven. What is number seven? Break the budget. Yes, it is. So to... uh, Adopt one of my favorite characters. Well, you know, I haven't even watched the show in a very long time, but, you know, Mr. Mackey from South Park. Budgets are bad. You know how you remember? Remember? Drugs are bad. Yeah. Budgets are bad. The school teacher. Yeah. Well, no, he was the counselor. Oh. Remember, do you remember? Oh, well, we're going to get sidetracked. <laughs> Sorry, so funny. I was just thinking of that swear word song, the I, swear yeah, word substitution I a, song. I was a South Park fan for about maybe about a year, I think. And I really, uh, the I early really, days. I really enjoyed it. It's, it wasn't. It wasn't that I did, disliked it. I just. I, I yeah, it really helped put Comedy Central as a station on the map. Yeah, it truly did uh, with its viewership. But anyway, that's not today's show. Breaking our budget is today's show. Yeah, and let's talk about breaking our budget for a bit because uh, so many people think, oh, I need to get on a budget, I need to get on a budget, and they think of it in the same vein as, I need to go on a diet, I need to go on a diet. Never works. No, because what are the what's the first thing that happens when you diet or budget? Well, um, let's see. The first Under thing- the conventional thinking, what must happen in order for them to be successful? You have to be consistent. Mm, no. I mean, you have, you, you, you can't stop doing it. Well, okay. No, but you, you have to give something up. Uh-huh. And that's the fatal flaw with both diets and with budgeting. Is so it's a negative. Yeah, it's about sacrifice. and As so to a positive. Yes, and so it goes against uh, the very nature of of our our way we process information. Right. So it's, it goes against our biology yeah. to sacrifice or to give up. Yeah. So that's why we're never successful at them. Makes so sense. so we're going to talk about that on today's show. We also have a fabulous acronym 
for our uh, moolah word of the day. And uh, then um, today's money drama is going to be centered around that whole premise of sacrifice. Mm-hmm. You know, we're gonna we're gonna think martyrdom on today's show when no. it comes to the money drama, um, and uh, we're gonna learn why it's not as effective as what we uh, espouse here at the Unlock Your Wealth Foundation, which is a healthy savings and spending plan instead, and it's set up in that order for a reason. Yeah. So we'll talk about that when we get to the key. But first. Moolah word. Moolah word. Moolah word of the day is an acronym and it's CPI. So quarterly, when you hear about all of these financial reports coming out, all of these indexes, you know, they talk about the health of the nation or the economy. CPI is one of those things that gets thrown out and it's actually no big deal. It's a, it, but, but if we're intimidated by initials, it can be, uh, because then we're like, oh my gosh, and, 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 and it'll paralyze us and it creates a lot of fear when we start hearing these acronyms and jargon that we don't understand because they don't speak in English. And if you haven't taken business classes, you know, I mean, I just think of when I first became a stockbroker, I studied, I had to take formal classes and I had to pass an exam. There was no small feat, let me just tell you, because most people fail at first shot out. And there's a national portion and then a state law portion because there's investment law that are state, local investment laws, and there are also national ones. Um, so it's no small feat. It's like kind of taking the bar almost, but not quite. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's it's half as long as the bar, but it's still an enormous body of work that you, or, or knowledge you have to know. And and even though I had passed the Series 7, it's, it's just like when I passed my real estate license or whatever, um, you know, there's all this jargon and stuff that you have to get up to speed on. And, and I was watching CNBC and Ron and Sana was one of the big anchors back then, shows uh, dates me. But, um, you know, I, and it was still Chinese, all that crap flying across the bottom of the screen. I'm like, huh? And, that's, and I'm supposed to be a paid professional knowing what that all means. And I'm like, huh? So it took a while. So that's why I like Moolah Word of the Day, because it helps demystify some of that stuff and uh, gives you a leg up on understanding on whether something is important or not. So CPI, which is our Moolah Word of the Day, stands for Consumer Price Index. And it is simply an inflationary indicator that measures the change in the cost of a fixed basket of products and services. Um, So it's including housing, electricity, food, and transportation. It's published monthly. A fixed basket of products and services. Housing, electricity, food, and transportation. It's also referred to as the cost of living index. But but what it does is it measures the fluctuation or change of a certain good. So like if you take like whatever, let's let's say the numbers came out today. And so you would take a, a, a CPI tells you what today's cost of good is relative to when it was way back when. And, and I remember, so, so like, what's the cost of a, a, a hamburger at McDonald's now? It's, it's on the 99 cent value menu, right? Well, I, I think it fluctuates. But Yeah. Well, when, when I was in high school, just to give you an idea of how it works, um, it, it was 29 cents for a hamburger and 39 cents for a cheeseburger. I mean, I remember when they were a nickel. Well, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so does my husband. <laughs> you know. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so that just tells you how much inflation has affected the value of things. Yeah. So, if it was a nickel then, it's you know ninety five cents more now. Yeah. 
Okay, so that just tells you how inflation has changed. And so CPI uh, is the measurement of that. And so it, it correlates with inflation. And so it's an indicator of where we are from way back when, or whatever the marker point is from the last measurement example. So that's where CPI comes from. So so if it goes up, that that means uh, faster than it has been, you know, so it might be going up faster than the cost of inflation. And so uh, that might uh, indicate uh, things going on in the marketplace like, you know, excessive demand or if prices are unusually low uh, in, in uh, relative terms to the last measurement or indicator that maybe there's an abundance of supply. Something's going on in the marketplace. So it's a good way to, to track what's going on at any given moment um, uh, relative to a certain point. So that's the value of that. That's our Moolah word of the day. So CPI, Consumer Price Index, or Cost of Living Index. Mm. So it would be interested. Uh, I can't do the math off of the top of my head to figure out what that rate is, but obviously you can see it's quite a bit. It's huge. It's huge. It's going to be 800% or something. And it, yeah. I mean, I'm sure wages haven't gone up 800% since then. Well, what was minimum wage back then? Oh, I remember working for the AMP in Connecticut, and I think I was making a dollar ten an hour. There you go, and now possible? they now they want to do twelve bucks an hour. So it's probably it's close. Close, okay. yeah. If you think about it, yeah. So yeah, wow. it's pretty crazy. Um, tipped minimum wage in Arizona when I first started working was a dollar eighty one an hour, or if you had regular minimum wage with no tips, it was three dollars and thirty five cents an hour. So it's gone up quite a bit in my lifetime too. Yeah. If you think it, it's four times. Yeah. But you've been around a lot longer than me. Yeah. Yeah. Don't rub it in. But but anyway, so that's our moolah acronym of the day. So let's talk about this week's key, shall we? So for those of you who are joining us for the first time, welcome to Unlock Your Wealth Radio and the Keys to Riches powered by Unlock Your Wealth Radio. And uh, the Keys to Riches is a financial philosophy that teaches you how to think like the rich and be in control of your own money. It also gives you specific techniques to create or fix your credit, eliminate debt, save and invest, all while transforming your current financial habits into healthy money management skills. We do that one key at a time, one week at a time. So if you have been doing your uh, assessment envelope from key two, if you've been with us this whole season, now's the time you're going to be breaking that puppy out. If you haven't been and are just learning for the first time, no sweat will get you up to speed really quick. So for those of you that have been with us, what we did is we started with an organic assessment. And if you recall, I was having you collect all of these receipts for a reason, because what we were trying to do is not assess your money going in and out. Like that's the way we track it, but we were looking for other things. So now that you have your envelope filled, we're going to break out those receipts and then we're going to categorize them and uh, use our monthly savings and spending tracker to catalog them. And we're not looking for how much because that's relative. So if you uh, are a millionaire, your expenses are, are going to seem so much greater than somebody else's expenses that's not a 
millionaire, but ideally they're going to be relatively the same. 1% of your income is different than say 1% of a multimillionaire or a billionaire. So, so you got, so you got it. So it's all relative and all these things, the, the, the percentage or categories apply. Um, but once you start making more money, those ratios should change and those and the dollar amounts should actually get lower not higher and that's where the misconception of the uh, moneyism is the more you make the more you spend because ideally it shouldn't be that way mm-hmm. or at least uh, it shouldn't it, exactly. it, it could be the more you make the more you spend but but we can't have the more you make, the more you finance, right, right. <laughs> because that's the challenge, right. you know, is the, is the, the credit spending. So if you're, you know, my money management philosophy, when I first, you know, started getting credit cards and stuff like that, because I didn't know any better. And I was, this is how bad it was. I was a stockbroker helping millionaires make more millions. And I was still living on this financial philosophy of if I could afford the minimum monthly payment on a credit card, right. I could get it. Yeah, because that you know, because I just made assumptions about what the rich were doing. I just really didn't know right. what they were doing. Because right. when they handed out a piece of plastic, it's because they didn't want to carry cash for safety exactly. reasons. When I handed out a piece of plastic, that was my money. Yeah, you know, because right. I was frittering away with the cash too. Well, I also had a husband that helped with that. Yeah, so yeah. that was a part of my challenge. But so, so when we think about it, uh, we're going to talk in terms of. The purpose of doing the assessment isn't about the dollar amount. So get that out of your head. That's just the way we're going to keep score is by the dollar amount. But what we're actually looking for isn't the how much. We're looking for the when expenditures occur. And we're going to address what is going on that precipitated those expenditures so we can determine how to correct the behavior. Because this is not about logic. This isn't about balance sheets and addition and subtraction, money going in, money going out. This is about you consistently choosing a specific path that's inappropriate for your income. And there's reasons why we do this. And they're they're never about money. Um, it's all about our pre-programmed behaviors or, or instinctive reactions to things. Um, and, uh, so this is where in our three amigos model of information processing, this is where the, I do and their curmudgeons sort of team up. And even though logic, Larry knows better, he can't do better for everybody because he can't interrupt those two once they start conspiring and dumping hormones into the body. So what we, what we have to do is now we've got six weeks of receipts saved. So, uh, so we are emotionally and instinctively distant from the occurrences that we have been tracking. And if you've been tracking it properly, you've just been stuffing it into an envelope and not even looking at it. So now we're going to break those out. We're going to go to the keystoriches.com website and we're going to download the savings and spending tracker form. And we're going to go categorize all of these expenditures by category and by date that they were made. So you're just going to pencil them in. It's real simple uh, to do. Uh, depending on how much money you go through each and every month will depend on how long it will take you. But I would set aside an hour or two where you could be quiet, maybe on the weekend when you don't have pressing events or obligations after, you know, maybe maybe you have a couple hour gap of time where your kids go play ball or something. They're at a practice and you can drop them off and then you can have a couple 
couple hours of solitude where you're undisturbed to go through all of this. Because while you're going through all of this and you start to see the patterns arise, it may conjure up some emotions and likely they won't be pleasant ones if you've been overspending for a long time. So you're going to have to, you know, get comfortable with the idea of being uncomfortable. And and you might start punishing yourself. And the idea is once this happens, you need to take a break. No, you don't want to beat yourself down, Michael. That's not what we want to do because that's what will happen. We'll start feeling guilty or we'll start like creating all of these things and start beating ourselves up about us, trying to hold ourselves to an unrealistic uh, standard of accountability. So we just... We just want to be third-party observers. Pretend like you're helping your friend sort out their finances so you stay emotionally disengaged because that's the key is, uh, you know, practicing our fifth key, which is take emotion out of the picture. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that one. That one. Uh, So so ideally, so this is where we want to do this. So if it helps, pretend like you're looking over somebody else's finances. And if you haven't communicated with your spouse in a while, it might seem like unfamiliar territory if they filled up the envelope further. You don't want to be doing your your kids' finances. That That would bring emotion into the picture. Uh, yes. So, so think of like you're helping out some stranger or whatever. No, no family members. Well, cause you'll want to reach across the table and slap them, but right. pretend like it's somebody you don't know, <laughs> you know, distance yourself, be away from it. Instead of living the movie, put it up on the movie screen and watch it yeah. as it unfolds. Uh, because that's what we want to do is we want to, we want to get a clear picture of it because what happens with the brain is again, we've got this double-edged sword towards pleasure away from pain. Ideally, it's done to keep us safe, right? Keep us out of harm's way. We get up, we could live to fight another day. But, or I should say, however, comma, that is where our brains can get the best of us in our biology and sabotage us um, under the auspices of help and support and that we're doing the right thing, you know, we've got, we've allowed the I do, which is our pre-programmed behavior and the curmudgeon, which is our emotions and memory, um, kind of dictate what they think is best for us to try to quote, keep us safe away from pain towards pleasure. But they actually make things worse because they don't, they don't get it right. They just, they just move instinctively. And this is where we have to drink a tall glass of water, break our emotional state. If you you start to start getting a upset by what you're seeing, or it's making you sick to your stomach, or in some way, you need to just break that state. Get up, walk around. Exercise is the antidote for anxiety. So we have to move. You know, your body can't hold two states of being at the same time. You can't be anxious and calm at the same time. So if you find yourself starting to get anxious, it means your hormones are starting to dump. And you need to get up and you need to move before they take hold, because it'll take 20 minutes or more if you have a severe adrenaline dump. That's fight flight. So what we want to do is just avoid that growing anxiety. So get up and move. It, it might. That's why I'm saying set aside a couple of hours because you might not be able to sit down and do it all in one shot. Okay. And we want to make sure that we're keeping a level head. So keep, you know, checking in with yourself. Am I breathing normally? Is my heart rate relaxed? Um, am I feeling tension in my body? Um, if you are, you're starting to experience anxiety and you need to get rid of it. And you don't have to go to the source of it to get rid of it. You don't have to figure out, oh, what part of my childhood is making me think this? No. This isn't Sigmund Freud. This is money management. So we just got to get out, walk around and get rid of it, you know, because it's just a symptom of the growing problem of bad money management. And if we can just keep putting some Band-Aids on by moving around, moving around, getting rid of that anxiety, then we can go back and actually, you know, perform the surgery. 
and then get rid of the problem totally, which is the bad money management. But it doesn't have anything to do with you knowing what to do because we already know to spend less and save more, but we don't. So we have to fix that by surgically altering what it is that we do. But until we know what we're doing, that's why we have the assessment. We can't move to make corrections to it. You are listening to The Keys to Riches, powered by Unlock Your Wealth Radio. This segment of today's show is sponsored in part by KeepMyID.org, the only service that actually prevents identity theft. All others are just monitoring services. Put your credit on lockdown with their special offer for Unlock Your Wealth Radio listeners. Visit KeysToRiches.com forward slash KeepMyID and protect your financial future right now. Make sure to use promo code WAGS. So the key is to do all of this stuff, get all everything in, into all of the categories so we can see what we're spending, like what are our big categories um, or that seem unusually large, but because we weren't tracking them, we may not know. Um, and one of the popular categories that people justify bad behavior is eating because it's primal and we have to do it. And so, but we don't have to eat out at Mastro's Steakhouse, okay? Because they sell steaks other places <laughs> that are not as pricey. Uh, and the reason why I say that is you can have a $100 steak at Mastro's, you can have a $10 steak at Applebee's, okay? Now, granted, they're different steaks, okay? But they're still cow, right? Correct. So when we approach how we ought to make our changes, the first thing we conjure up, like I said at the beginning of the show, when we think about budgets is deprivation. But that's the worst thing that we can do because in our minds, if you keep saying, I can't have this, I can't have this, right? Um, what's going to happen is that overwhelming drive towards pleasure is going to negate the level of fatness you're experiencing, if it has to do with dieting, or the uh, painful credit cards that you're going to get a month later, because putting it on plastic doesn't have the same ramifications as paying cash for things. And so if we keep saying, no, I can't do this, no, I can't do this, and keep depriving ourselves, at some point, we're going to go overboard. And so the person who walks by the chocolate cake every day and says, no, 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 I can't have this, I can't have this, first off, they're you know linguistically playing a bad joke on themselves, but they're in inviting a bigger binge later on. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so that's why we break a budget because uh, if you go to the root word and you are a fan of etymology, uh, budget is actually a French word, bouger. And it was uh, from long ago, it was a small like cocktail purse. And so it, it could only hold a few things. And that was the whole point is that it, it only held essentials uh, or a limited number of things. And so you had to pick and choose what you left out. And so that's kind of, and then, you know, we've also got the um, acronym of, you know, if you think about in government, you know, Congress has what they call the power of the purse, right. if you will. So we've got all these references back to this uh, word budget, which was actually a, a small coin purse, you know, or, or, you know, so you could hold lipstick, you know, it's maybe lipstick, a compact keys, a few bucks. So that's it. And, and so, so that's, it's about deprivation is what a budget is, you know, it's, it's grown and it's, and it's importance of that definition has faded over time. And so we don't think about it in such terms, but it's about deprivation. You know, I can have this, I can't have that. And so that sounds all well and good when we create these rules for budgeting or dieting, but they don't work. 
is the bigger problem. They don't work. So what we have to do is figure out what does work. And what does work is creating a healthy savings and spending plan instead. Just like we create a healthy exercise and eating plan, we have to create a healthy savings and spending plan. If you went to the gas, the the gas station, and you needed to fill up your gas tank, okay, you would fill it up until the pump automatically shut off, right? Right. It's a pretty cool feature. So would you keep pumping gas if it spilled on the floor? And No. no. Okay, so that's what we do with uh, our, our diets is – is, you know, food is fuel. So we overfill the gas tank and you can do that in the human body. And with our wallets, we can overspend because once the cash is gone, we can reach for plastic. And that's where the problem begins is because we don't have an automatic shutoff. Okay. And, and, and it has to do with this whole biological, uh, towards pleasure away from pain thing. And so, At some point, if we keep depriving ourselves and telling ourselves, no, 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 we're just going to go nuts on the other end of the spectrum and splurge. And usually it's going to be worse than if we would just had little indulgences here and there to satisfy that need to seek pleasure and be comfortable. So instead of walking past that big, you know, chocolate cake and denying yourself a little nibble here and there, you wind up eating the whole dang thing. So that's what we're trying to avoid here when it comes to, um, uh, our budgets. And so I had this little phrase, as you start paring down the categories, because you're going to see where you're going to have excesses, it's not about what can I cut out, but what can I do to maintain the same level of pleasure this particular item or event, you know, like, you know, dining out on a fat steak does for me, but do it cheaper. So it's not no, it's just not now. And instead of not now, it's how. Because when we say, no, I can't have that, again, we know the brain doesn't hear the word no. And we also know that that the brain doesn't hear the negative part, say what you want, not what you don't want. So when we say, I can't have that, your brain isn't hearing the not. It's hearing, I can have that. So ultimately it overrides it. So instead of saying, I need to avoid that, what we need to do is go to the other end of the spectrum and say, okay, I can have that. Give yourself permission to have it, but just choose to not do it right now. Choose to say, I can have that, but not right now, maybe later. And then that way that satisfies that urge or that need to satisfy ourselves or satiate ourselves in this moment, you know, with whatever that financial expenditure may be, but it keeps our our finances intact and and we don't blow budgets because, you know, ideally then, then we're like, Oh my God, now we feel guilt for blowing the budget. And guilt just says, you know, at some point we're going to be like, Oh, whatever, all hope is lost and then stop doing it. So how does that play into, uh, today's money drama? Um, and is, is how do we apply this, um, this understanding of our biology and the, uh, not saying no concept. And what we have to do is not deny ourselves that chocolate cake, give us permission to have it just in that moment, because by, by giving us permission to have it, now we've taken all of the adrenaline out of the situation. We've taken all of that instinctive response to chill, still charge forward towards pleasure or still charge forward or backward away from pain. So we satisfy the I do by not saying no to him, not depriving him in any way. And so then the curmudgeon doesn't get all wired out either because now we're going to allow logic Larry, we're inviting him out of the closet to say, help us say later. 
you know, because just like we can say later in avoiding pain when it comes to doing our homework, I can watch a movie now or I could do my homework now. Well, homework, I don't like homework. So that represents pain and and a movie represents pleasure. So I'm going to do the movie thing right now. And then I'm gonna have to cram to get my homework done. And I probably won't get get a good grade because I did that. Uh, So what we're doing is by saying, yes, you can have it. Now we're allowing for a stable biology and then logic Larry can come out and say, yeah, I could have that, but I'm evaluating opportunity cost. And instead of spending a hundred dollars for that steak, you know what, why don't I just go to the store or go to another restaurant and buy a less expensive steak? So I still get steak. I'm still satisfying that towards value, but I'm not crushing my finances as I do it. Because that's the bigger problem is, you know, darn it, I worked hard. I feel entitled. Yeah, you are entitled to a little reward. Does that reward mean maxing out your credit cards and flaking on your debt? No. No. Okay. That means, yes, you deserve a little reward. But what is that reward in relation to or balanced with or against achieving financial freedom and your obligation as an individual to be financially responsible for yourself and self-sufficient for yourself and any member of the human race that you bring into this world. Because it's about individual responsibility. And we can't be objective and responsible for our individual selves if we are emotionally engaged because we can't be reasonable and rational. And so we have to keep our biology straight, even when it comes to budgeting our finances. So we have to break the budget and get rid of that concept entirely and create a healthy savings and spending plan today. Because you can have a little bit more cake today. Say one bite didn't satisfy it, so you had a second bite. Well, guess what? You can skip tomorrow's bite. You can say, yeah, I could have this bite, but I'm choosing not to. So for all of the key statement, key affirmation, and key action items for this week's key, please visit our website at keystoriches.com where you go to get your money mind right so your wealth and happiness will follow. Become an Insiders Club member today and start receiving receiving the benefits of millionaire wisdom right now. For the Keys to Riches, powered by Unlock Your Wealth Radio and the maestro of moolah, Michael Terry, I'm Heather Wagonhalls. Now go out and unlock your wealth today. UnlockYourWealthRadio.com is produced by Heather Wagonhalls and the Unlock Your Wealth Foundation. UnlockYourWealthRadio.com and its affiliates are copyrighted 2016 with all rights reserved. For more information on the Keys to Riches Financial Wellness Series, please visit our website at www.unlockyourwealth.com.